Good morning. Welcome to Grace. I'm Pastor Ryan. Today, we look at a two-part sermon set that will challenge the church to walk by faith. Today's message is from Chris Kuzak, and we'll deal with the elephant in the room concerning the congregation's response to the coronavirus and how to navigate the complexity of differing convictions to genuinely live the testimony of believers who must display love to one another. Thanks for joining us as we give personal evaluation to this challenging message from Chris. Morning. Morning. Uh, so as, as Ryan mentioned, I'm, I'm here because he's supposed to be in the Bahamas sipping those little drinks with the umbrellas. And... <laughs> um, so I've actually got a, a tough message today, so... Um, if, if you don't like it, uh, just know that Donna Klein also wrote my sermon. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, so actually, no, uh, the reality is um, I, I've known I was going to preach for, for quite some time. Uh, I've had a few ideas for, for sermons and... and uh, actually wrote one other one but was really convicted on on the subject that I've got today so um so you know we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna rip off some scabs today and see if we can't get to the root of some problems and and hopefully we just leave it for for Jesus at the cross because he's the only one that can fix us right um it's it's a little bit of an elephant in the room uh actually it's a it's a big elephant (laughs) it's a wall hanger that's what we say at camp um, so we're going to talk about COVID and not really about COVID, but really how we're, uh, dealing with COVID within the body of Christ and out there in the marketplace. Um, you know, it, I have a hard time not pointing at the elephant in the room. And as you can see, as you look around, there's plenty of room for an elephant here. We probably squeeze a couple in. Um, that's scary to me. Right. And I, I, I don't think. Uh, we're necessarily driving each other apart uh, intentionally. Uh, I don't know that we're even doing that um, unintentionally, but there's clearly, uh, if you don't know, there, there's division uh, on the mask issue. There's division on how we should be approaching COVID and what we should be doing about it uh, within the church. And I just want to talk about it. And I think that if we can, you know, maybe just put it out on the table and, and uh, pray about it and, and give it to the Lord. Maybe we can, maybe we can get somewhere. Uh, because as we, you know, as we go forward, th- this here is, is scary to me. This division, this, you know, I know we've got a lot of people in the cars. I know that, you know, we're, we're intentionally trying to spread out, but at the same time, you can't deny that there's, there's fewer people here. Uh, there's, there's just, there's some division. Um, Okay, so I'll get started here. Uh, Before we dive into that, as if I haven't done it already, I need to point out some obvious uh, things. Um, So, first off, without spending a great deal of time on it, to uh, you know, to quote Ryan, I could preach a whole sermon on this topic. Uh, (laughs) That was was my Ryan impression. the unity of the church body is critical to not only our success as disciples of Jesus, but also to the credibility of the gospel to the watching world. So if you think about that, 
uh, if we're bickering amongst ourselves, if we're if we're divided on how things should go on simple things, uh, in in worldly things, how can the world look at us and say, yeah, they they're bickering about that, but they probably know about the gospel. You know, they're probably trustworthy on that. We have to be trustworthy across the board. Um, the the apostle Paul. It uh, gets right to the heart of this in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, one ten. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. That's a heavy, heavy order, but uh, we have to try, right? Uh, secondly, uh, for obvious... <laughs> Observations the the congregation, as I said before, is deeply divided on on some issues. Wearing masks is definitely one of them. Um, you might ask yourself, why doesn't the pastor just mandate masks? Um, that's a pretty loaded question. First of all, I want to point out that the pastor doesn't uh, alone run what we do here, and I think you know that. But uh, myself, there's a lot of leaders uh, that join him in these decisions. So. Um, I want you to know that he's not an island on any of this stuff. Uh, you know, we're of we're of one voice and one mind, and, and we agree. But uh, you know, there is a leadership group that uh, kind of talks about these things. Um, you know, we've done a lot of things here to to try to protect ourselves and, and you. Um, I'm not going to make the list. There, you know what they are. If, if you don't come see me after, I'll, I'll tell you all the things we've done to try to avoid getting COVID in here. Um, but at the end of the day, we're, we're a church, right? We're, we're a family. We're not a school. We're not a government entity. We're not a business. This is a church. Um, and we gather because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Um, that's different than a business. That's different than a government agency. It's different from a school. Um, what you need to know is there are people that have, uh, and by the way, when we talk about these things, Ryan and I and, and the rest of the leadership, he doesn't, I want you to know he doesn't uh, divulge like people's names and stuff, but in, in conversation to discuss, you know, the, the, the temperature of the room with the congregation, you know, sometimes he shares some emails he's gotten, uh, again, totally anonymous, he doesn't tell us that stuff, but you know, he's, he's gotten emails from people that said, well, I'm not going to come if you make me wear a mask. I'm not coming to church. We've gotten just as many emails that have said, I, you should be making everybody wear a mask or I'm not coming. I don't know what to do with that. Um, we're not going to please y'all. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, so, you know, as as leaders, we, <laughs> we're doing the best we can. And I, I would just, you know, as I talked to Ryan while... while you know, Emily was out, uh, it really broke my heart to hear some of the things that, uh, were being discussed and said, and we, we just, we need to, we need to do better than that. We need to treat each other a lot more lovingly. Um, so, um, anyway, enough said on that. Uh, for the final obvious uh, observation, uh, maybe I just need to say it. You're going to die. How am I doing? <laughs> it's a fact of life. I, there's really no avoiding it. I, <laughs> um, well, you might die from COVID. You might die from cancer. You might get hit by a, a straight bullet out there. I, you know, 
Um, we're all, it, it's, it's inevitable, right? So, so as we're going forward here, um, you know, we're, we're doing our best to protect ourselves. I'm not saying be irresponsible, but at the same time, it's inevitable that, uh, you know, our earthly bodies will perish and, um, you can't really avoid it, you know, uh, mask, no mask, no matter what we do with the furnaces at some point, uh, something's going to kill us. I, I always picture myself, you know, being taken down by a angry mob or something, probably <laughs> wearing, wearing Packer jerseys or <laughs> possibly a congregation. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, uh, Ecclesiastes nine twelve tells us, uh, moreover, no one knows when their hour will come. Uh, we've convinced ourselves with the help of media uh, that if we just try really, really hard uh, and do the right things, we'll be able to avoid catching COVID. Uh, but as we've seen, some of the most diligent among... I haven't seen Emily Funker's face since March, uh, <laughs> you know, when she got COVID, right? So there's, you can do everything right, and, and you still might catch this thing, right? So um, it's a virus. It's, it spreads. It's, that's what it does. Um, that's not, again, not to say that we should throw caution in the wind. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm trying to give us some perspective that, uh, you know, there's only so much we can do as humans. We're, we're infallible, you know, we're not infallible. We're, we're, we're going to catch something at some point that's going to take us down. So, um, okay. So the good news to that though is, is, you know, we're granted eternal life uh, through Jesus Christ. Um, in the span of eternity, eternal life with Jesus, uh, the amount of time you have here on earth, it's tiny, right? It's, it's a grain of sand on the floor of the ocean. So um, I don't want to, again, diminish COVID. It's horrible. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Um, but compared to life everlasting, uh, COVID, if you do catch it it's, and, and it takes your life, unfortunately, it would be very, uh, your life would have been very temporary and, and very small compared to what awaits you uh, after that. So we need to keep that perspective as Christians. Um, so before I go on, uh, you might be thinking to yourself right now, here's a guy that doesn't respect you know, the horror of COVID. Uh, he's in his 20s or 30s. That's probably what you're thinking. <laughs> he's in great shape. Uh, that got a bigger laugh than I was <laughs> So let, let me just give you a little bit of my background. I'm, I'm certainly no infectious disease expert, but uh, I grew up and still deal with asthma. I, when I was a kid, I would call it severe asthma. Um, I remember living... Uh, albuterol dose, albuterol dose. If you know what albuterol is, you probably have some uh, experience with what I'm talking about. It, that's the rescue inhaler, the puffer. Um, I remember as a kid when we'd have relatives over for Christmas and Thanksgiving, and it would just basically stir up, I think, all the allergens in the house. And I would take my inhaler and get a good 20 minutes before I was struggling to breathe again. And, um, you know, looking at the clock, knowing I had basically three and a half hours before I could take it again because the doctor told me that if you take too much of that stuff, your heart's going to explode and it's going to kill you. So um, I spent a lot of time, you know, weighing 
<laughs> breathing with uh, potentially the risk of, you know, dying. Um, that led to anxiety, you know, later in, in my teen years and early 20s. Uh, you know, you, you, you sort of develop this obsessive compulsive mechanism to check if I can still breathe, you know, okay, I'm still good for, for that one. Um, it, it just ultimately sort of creates, uh, you know, some, some really unhealthy things in, in your life. And, and that's what happened to me. And, um, that, that culminated at one point in myself having to pull over. I was on my way to the doctor, um, had to pull over and call an ambulance because I was, I was hyperventilating. I was, I felt like I was going to pass out. Uh, scary stuff. I know what it's like not to be able to breathe. Um, I watched my grandma die fighting for, for breath, uh, in, in the hospital. She'd wake up, uh, and scream for, for morphine. They had her basically drugged up. Um, and when she would, when that would wear off, she'd wake up screaming because she didn't want to experience that. She would, she couldn't breathe. Um, and you know, ultimately she, she expired and you know now my mom uh she's she's living with a oxygen tube she uh she had her heart surgery five years ago and uh we went from you know I, me and nikki watched her go from coming out of that surgery oxygen uh they her breathing got worse they moved to her cpap machine uh breathing didn't improve they ultimately uh, had to do a tracheostomy and uh, she she had to go to a, a breathing clinic um to, to get right and she's she's breathing now thank god but i'm telling you this because i need to let you know that when i talk about uh when i weigh covid and, and the struggle that physically causes against the spiritual uh risk that we have in front of us I, i'm i'm kind of i feel like i'm qualified to to talk about that because i know what it's like to not be able to breathe and and that's that's the main symptom of COVID, right? That's the scary part. Um, so, you know, not that I'm, again, some expert on COVID. I'm not an infectious disease expert by any means, but, but I have a unique perspective on, on the, the symptoms that come along with that. Um, so again, uh, as, as scary as it is not to be able to breathe a life separated from Christ due to sin, uh, should, should terrify us infinitely more. Um, the short-term and long-term impacts of COVID on our bodies pales in comparison to the impact that our bickering and disunity is having on our spiritual health. Um, our relationship with Christ, uh, the body of Christ, that's what we are. It's being torn apart by something that in terms of eternity, again, is, is insignificant. I'm not saying COVID is insignificant. I'm saying in terms of eternity, it's very, very small. So, uh, did you know that Satan loves COVID? He loves this mask thing, this debate we're having. He loves it because look at what it's doing to us. Um, we're bickering, arguing, people are picking sides. There's, there's actually factions being formed in, <laughs> in this church. It's, it's, it's insane. Um, and it's culminating in lashing out uh, against each other. Um, there are probably two, uh, if, I, if I dive into that a little bit, there's two character flaws I think that we have as people that uh, Satan has expertly used <laughs> to exploit uh, COVID and to drive disunity into the church through COVID. Uh, those are fear and complacency. 
so complacency you know if if you if you look at everything we've gone through in the last year plus um with the pc usa transition um it's amazing that we got through that as unified as we did you look at all you know there was seven core topics i don't want to talk about it very much because i've talked about it plenty but uh, there are seven core really uh, controversial topics that led to that decision to leave the PCUSA. Any one of them, gay marriage, abortion, any one of those could have ripped this congregation apart. Um, and we have folks that aren't really fully on board with, uh, you know, necessarily the, the changes or reasons for leaving, but they've been willing to look past that uh, in, in the interest of unity. Um, and I thank you for that, for, for those of you that have done that. Um, because they recognize that that's the most important thing, that we stay together. Um, all that political and rhetorical stuff, you know, you look at that in the world, it's tearing people apart left and right. It's dividing families. Uh, and we, we, made, we made it through that. I mean, we're not there yet, but we, we made it through the hard part, okay? So uh, that wound got opened, and it healed up, and Jesus took care of it, and we're going to move forward. And now we're dealing with this, you know, these. It's a piece of cloth. Um, and I, I know that represents, that, that's a very simplistic representation of what's going on there with COVID. But... Ultimately, you know, the mask thing is, is manifested as sort of the, that's the thing that's gotten the, the attention, right? As, as we look at what, how we're treating each other, what we're doing, this is, you know, to some people it's our savior and that's wrong. To some people it's useless. That's probably wrong. I don't know. Uh, the government's telling us it's not useless. So what do we do with that? Right. Um, so I think, I think after all that stuff we went through at PCUSA, it's really easy to become complacent. You know, when you, when you go through a big uh, battle like that, uh, it was emotional. There was a lot of stuff going on, a lot of conversations. It's really easy to let our guard down after that. And I think that's in part what's happening a little bit. Um, again, common sense tells you that, you know, gay marriage would be... Uh, way more uh, explosive to to driving a, a wedge between us, and, and it didn't do it. Uh, but now we've let our guard down. So we, we uh, you know, when we were doing that, our guard was up. We were we were praying. We were we were having all those meetings, right, and, and talking, and, and everybody was was at least open to conversation. And um, and through that, we gain trust with each other. You know, we we gain credibility, and and God was we were we were open to the Holy Spirit's leading, and and that's why it worked. And it's really easy on something small to to basically not do that, uh, to to just kind of step back and say, okay, whew, we got through that. Let's take a breather. And Satan goes, all right, I'm in. Um, you know, our, our primary mission was not to leave the PCUSA. Our primary mission there was to follow God's leading and ensure the unity of his church. That's, that was our goal, and that's what we did. Um, 
all of us, not just the leadership, but the congregation as well. Uh, we were prepared to defend our positions based on the word of God. Uh, everybody, there was people that before we started talking about that stuff, they were really uncomfortable with the idea of taking a stance on, say, gay marriage. And uh, as as we all studied and prayed, a lot of those people came around and started to realize, hey, the Bible's pretty clear about what we got to do here. So um, that's why, because we were asking God to be with us, and and He was. Um, Satan Satan didn't have an in on that one. Uh, but with the masks and, and COVID stuff, our guard is down and, and nothing good happens when Christians let their guard down. Uh, the Bible is full of accounts of great men uh, called by God to do his work on earth, who after doing great things, relaxed and became complacent, uh, leading to sin. Here's a few examples here. Uh, King Solomon, known for his wisdom, granted by God, built the, the first temple in Jerusalem. Um, however, near the end of his life, when his work was complete, some of his 700 wives, which that seems like a real contradiction, <laughs> uh, they, some of them were foreigners, and they, they basically convinced him to create idols to their pagan gods. That was sinful. Uh, Noah, uh, after, after the whole ordeal of, you know, he did, he built the ark and... and Saved all the animals and everything. Uh, that that had to be tough. <laughs> um, you know, he, he survived the flood, and and then one night he got drunk and passed out, and and his kid came in and saw him naked. That's a sin. Um, and Ryan mentioned King David, obvious one, right? Uh, with Bath, Bathsheba, and then you know adultery, and then committed murder to try to hide it. Um, all those folks did great things. They were called by God to do just really amazing things and God supported them through that. And as soon as they got done, they kind of, they relaxed. They let their guard down and Satan was right there to, to get in. Uh, he, Satan, he loves it when we take our eye off the ball and um, eagerly takes advantage of that opportunity. Um, so our, our reading today was First uh, Peter. Uh, he, warned, he warned us about that. Be alert. And of sober mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. That could have been written about COVID. Okay, so the other thing I think uh, that Satan is able to exploit very well uh, is fear. And that's probably the bigger one, right? Uh Nobody can deny the, the role that fear has played in the division. Uh, with the constant barrage of daily, sometimes hourly reports from all sources, whether it be news or social media or word of mouth, uh, it's all working to drive fear deep into us. Um, and then again, Satan has an open door into our hearts and minds. Um, I'm not really looking to pay Satan a compliment, but you got to admit, he's really, really good at what he does. Um, Fear is a character flaw that we, sh we share with, again, many biblical heroes. Uh, there's a couple examples here. Um, Abraham denied that Sarah was his wife out of the fear that he'd be killed so the king could steal her. Um, Jonah was swallowed by a whale because he ran from the mission God had given him. And since, you know, I, Ryan's here, so I have to clarify this one. Jonah, was, he wasn't actually afraid to, uh, to do the mission God had given him. He was afraid that God wasn't going to punish the people that 
that uh, he sent to give the message to. So he was actually uh, acting in pride, but he was afraid that God, that he wasn't gonna, that God wasn't gonna do what he wanted. Uh, and uh, we all know, you know, probably the most famous one, Peter, right? As as our Lord was was going to, you know, on on the cross, uh, he he denied denied that he was associated with Jesus. So three fear responses that resulted in in sin. Um, and, and I just want to make sure I, I get this point out there. I, when we talk about fear with regard to COVID, it's automatically assumed that we're, we're specifically talking to people that are wearing masks because you're afraid of getting COVID. And that's partially true, but uh, I think for the record, and this myself, I can relate to this one, uh, it, it's not exclusive to people who are trying to protect themselves. It's it's fear. Uh, uh, it, it affects all of us, whether we're wearing a mask or not. If, if you're a non-masker, uh, which I, I might throw myself in that category, honestly, um, I don't, I don't know that this is working, but other people think it's working and that's enough for me to wear one. Um, but I think a lot of us that don't like wearing a mask, I think we're afraid of giving up our freedoms. You hear that a lot. Um, I think some of us just won't wear a mask because if we're honest, uh, we might recognize that we're afraid of looking silly, right? Um, it, it's different. It's different for us. Our culture, it's not something we've, we've typically worn. Um, as I reflect on, on that, um, I'd have to assume that the majority of the non-maskers like, like myself, uh, are men, um, and when I think about the men in our church, uh, as I look around, uh, I, I really believe like if, if a gunman walked in here and walked up the, the middle of the, the sanctuary here, there's not a guy in here uh, that wouldn't try to tackle him or, you know, go running, go running at the danger. Because there's a lot of courageous guys here. I mean, I, I really, I really believe that as I, as I think about just about every man in the congregation I, I can't think of one that that wouldn't do that so why is it so hard for us to wear a mask right it's um i think you know it, it probably in part is because we see we see the face covering as some sort of signal that we're weak that um if we're wearing a mask we must be admitting that we're susceptible to a, a virus that's killed millions of people around the world and you know i think that's reasonable <laughs> Um, so in a nutshell, this is the fear of appearing afraid. Uh, we're, we're complicated, aren't we, men? Okay, enough about that. Um, just a final thought on fear. Uh, we're commanded to operate in, to not operate in fear, but rather to trust uh, the Lord. Our Old Testament reading today was from Deuteronomy 31.8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Okay, wrapping up. How am I doing on time, by the way? I got like, we're almost halfway there. <laughs> All right, so what do we do with it? Uh, how do we reunite? Because... Again, there is division. We all can feel it. I think, again, the first, the first step is sort of 
pointing it out. That's that's my job, but uh, it's going to be up to each of us to to try to deal with this. Um, I think we need to start by getting back to basics. Uh, we need to reassess who we are and whose we are, right? Um, and then get back to our mission. So let's start here. Finish the line from this song. They'll know we are Christians by our opinions, intolerance, infectious disease expertise. No, it's love, right? Love is the answer. Um, and the, love is the answer to everything, by the way. Um, not just COVID, but when it comes to dealing with other people, whether they're Christians or not, it, it's love. <laughs> um, so here, did, did you know, I was doing a little studying of the Bible, and uh, I found there is a comprehensive lesson directly from Jesus on how to deal with COVID and the mass debate. I bet you didn't even know COVID was around back then. Um, but there's, there's actually a, a two-step program with, on how to deal with COVID right from, right from Jesus. So it's in Luke 10. Uh, he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. It's a two-step program. We can, we can use it for, for everything, basically. Um, any, any dispute with, with anyone, uh, again, Christian or not. Um, you know, fighting over politics, Luke 10. Property dispute with your neighbor, Luke 10. Lions beat the Packers, Luke 10. I, I got to be optimistic, right? <laughs> uh, we all know we're called to love, right? That, that's 101 Christianity. Um, we all agree that we do our best to, to show each other love. Uh, however, what we have a tendency to do is try to redefine love. Uh, when it comes to the mask debate, we twist the issue by saying, well, I'm showing you love by wearing a mask. You should do the same for me. On the other side of the debate, we have, uh, why would you live in fear by wearing a mask? You, we live in America. You can be free like me. Um, there's an agenda on both of those statements and basically if if there's uh, any kind of exchange in, in, in something that where you're showing love uh, you've, you've counterfeited it um, when we try to get something out of the transaction that's it's not love that's that's blunt and that might convict some of you but it's true uh, love is not at all uh, in exchange, right? It's a one-way street. Uh, biblical love, uh, if we look to, uh, again, Paul gives us a definition in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 4 through 7. Love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. Always hopes. And always perseveres. Okay, that's it. I want to thank you. Um, 
I know it wasn't a, it wasn't an easy message. It wasn't easy to give, and I, I'm sure it was harder to hear. Um, but you know, sometimes the only way to deal with things is uh, the only way to heal from something like like this. This is a wound that Satan has inflicted here. Um, you just got to rip the scab off, right, and sort of let Jesus do the cleansing. Um, so I, I've done the tearing, scabs off. You guys have to ask Jesus to heal, right? Uh, we all do, myself included. So uh, these sermons, all they can do is, is point you in the right direction, um, rip the scabs off, but we need, we need Jesus to heal us, and we need to leave this thing right there at the cross. So let's pray. Lord, please forgive us. We have not loved you with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, or all of our strength. Likewise, we have not loved our neighbor. Please refocus our hearts on you. Remind us that we're here to serve you together as the body of Christ for your glory. We ask for your continued protection from this disease and also for your help to unify us in worship of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.